0: what's up everybody it's dan binder boneyard coming at you from the office desk of despair um it is friday five o'clock uh traffic sucks outside it's cold it's dark it is the i think tonight is the longest night of the year um dark all the time, sucks, dark when I get up, dark when I leave, um, yeah, so currently I'm looking outside and it is dark, <laughs> but anyway, um, thanks you guys for listening, for following along, I really appreciate all the shares and everything, I posted on Facebook the other day, the, the milestone of the 10,000 listens and uh, I think that's great. I know, you know, real podcasts get 10,000 listens a day. Um, So, you know, for me to get 10,000 listens in two and a half months, that's pretty sweet. I'm pretty stoked about that. So, um, thank you everybody for liking and sharing and subscribing and Patreon donations, all that stuff. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Really appreciate it. Um, So, if you've been following along, uh, I've got my Wheeler Scout. Uh, I kind of played hooky today and fucked off with my scout got the rear springs taken care of and cut the uh body a little bit for better clearance and because this is going to be the snow wheeler you know whatever i'm not gonna rock crawl it super hard uh it doesn't have a lot for protection right now maybe someday i'll build some but for right now um just uh you know setting it up for snow and easy stuff but uh yeah, tomorrow is uh, heavy fab day. So Saturday, um, I'll be in here doing medicine cabinets. I got a lot to do on those. I'd really love to have this batch of medicine cabinets done so they can go to powder coat uh, on Wednesday uh, because I'm gonna have our big sale uh, on the first, and would love um, love to have these things available for our our, our sale on the first. So um, yeah. Keep an eye out for those. Uh, calendar, birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Uh, Southern California, running Route 66 from west to east, starting in Bakersfield, um, or Bakersfield area. And then headed east. Uh, please bring your international vehicle. It'll be a good time. It'll be my 40th birthday, so should be a fun time for all. Uh, I don't drink. Uh, I'm on the wagon, so... Uh, you know, we can go wherever <laughs> wherever we end up, but uh, don't, uh, don't buy me shots or anything because uh, you'll have to drink them yourself. But uh, there's a Rubicon trip sometime in June. I'm trying to put together again. It's up in the air. I'm not sure. That one's definitely less positive um, as far as uh, what um, – if it's actually going to happen. I wouldn't mind it if it happened, but if it fell through, I wouldn't be distraught either. So, um, so you got that. Um, today's cast, it might be kind of short, so, um, you know, I'm sorry, but we're going to talk about, uh, starting a truck that's been sitting for a long time. Uh, I've been seeing more and more of you guys because now that the popularity of internationals is getting to such a point that, um... People are getting desperate. Not desperate, but but rigs that have been sitting for a long time that might have been passed over five or eight years ago now all of a sudden are desirable because they're cheap and they're out in a field or some shit and people think they can just pull it out of the field, put some air in the tires, and then sell it for eight grand on eBay. Uh, So for some of you guys uh, who might have projects sitting that, that haven't run in 20 years or something. Um, We're going to go over some of the uh, finer points of getting them going, what to look for, um, that kind of stuff. So um, the first thing I always do when we pull a rig in that's been sitting in the middle of nowhere or whatever in the woods or the fields, um, check to make sure that there's no critters living in it under the dash, behind the dash. If there's big mouse nests and stuff, get that stuff out of there because when you go to start, to start it or fiddling with it and you're turning the key off and on and off and on, you could start a fire. Uh, so very first thing, check for dead animals, live animals, homeless people, whatever in there uh, and, and make sure. So open up the dash, take the glove box down. If it's a Scout 2, uh, I mean if it's a truck or travel all... Um, The older trucks had cardboard glove boxes. The Scout 2s have cardboard glove boxes. So if those aren't deteriorated all to hell, carefully remove them. Uh, You know, take the radios out. Get in there. Really make sure reach your hand up in there. Do your best to make sure there's not a bunch of mouse nests in there. Mouse houses, we call them. Um and then same goes for the intake and on the engine take the air cleaner off and you will anyways because you're going to need to later on for the next steps but just make sure there's no animals living in there and I would suggest that you do this maybe out in the field or wherever you get it from before you even move it because what I've seen happen is the transmissions if they're manuals will hang up in the clutch will get stuck the 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 pressure plate and friction disc will actually like rust together. So even if you push the clutch in, they don't let go. And so, or you put the transmission in neutral, but for whatever reason, the motor will still turn over. You know, if you go to drag it and their the back tires turn, sometimes the motor will turn over um, unexpectedly. Uh, you know, and it's, maybe it's because the transmission's locked up inside, it's full of water. You don't know. So what happens is you go to drag the thing and it's got a mouse nest in the intake and suddenly two or three revolutions of the tires and it sucked the mouse shit into the cylinder and into the valves and maybe caused, you know, problems. So make sure you check that stuff before you even move the thing. Um, you know, then... What I do normally is um, very carefully. And this is now. This is now that you've got it in your garage or wherever. Take a, you know, fifteen sixteen socket, deep socket, and a breaker bar, and put it on the nut or the bolt on the crank pulley, and very carefully turn the crank clockwise, slowly, if it doesn't move or it takes, you know, you put a lot of effort on it, a lot of effort, and it doesn't move, then shit's stuck. And that's, an, you need to go down that route. We Maybe we'll cover that in a little bit. We'll see. If it moves, even if it's just a little, stop. That's all you need to do. Just need to make sure the motor is free. If you get a quarter turn out of that pulley, that's all that's all you need. Don't crank it over a whole bunch. So then the next thing that I like to do is drain the oil. Put in some cheap ass Walmart, you know, 1030 junk, you know, Master Tech, whatever it is. Put in like five quarts of that and then a quart of ATF. Um, uh, that has a detergent factor to it that helps break up carbon and deposits and stuff inside the engine. Um, so the next step after that is check out your carburetor. Is the thing, look like it came from the ocean, uh, if it's nasty and disgusting and gross and everything else, you're going to have to rebuild it before you can even start, um, Cause you're going to put shit down the, the engine and you don't want to do that. So, um, normally we have like, I have kind of a donor carb here and we just bolt it on whenever we're trying to get something old started. Um, check that out. The other thing to make sure, just make sure all the plugs are in, make sure the plug wires are attached, pop the distributor cap. Take a piece of uh, emery cloth real carefully. Just hit the points if it has points. Um, just slip it between them. Just like one pass on each side of the points so that the contacts are shiny and, and fresh. Um, same with the rotor. I just hit the end of the rotor uh, with a piece of emery cloth just to make a shiny spot. Get any corrosion off of it. Um, look inside the cap. Make sure you just hit the cap with some emery cloth. Anything to make a clean connection again uh, when you try to start it Um, you know then some people I don't know some people are on the fence about this because it's an extra step but um, if the carburetor has gone through or you know it's decent uh, I guess unhook the fuel line at the fuel pump unhook the supply line So the line coming from the tank to the fuel pump, unhook that, take a section of hose, fuel hose, put it into a gas can or a boat tank or whatever, and have the fuel pump draw off of that because you don't know what's in that tank, and the last thing you want to do is suck through a bunch of water and shit into your fuel pump and all that. So disconnect the fuel pump, put the fuel line into a can, then... This step, what I do, pull the distributor. I know this is a, a big fucking thing. Make sure you make a mark, orientate, orient which way the vacuum advance is pointed, everything right. You have to because if you don't put it back in exactly the same, your timing's not gonna be right. So make a mark that lines it up, so when you put it back in, your time your your lines all line up. So we pull a distributor. I have a special tool that goes on a drill that hits the oil pump. We run the oil pump with a drill for a good couple of minutes to help circulate all that oil, that that fresh oil you just put in, and that ATF, a couple of minutes it runs it up through the heads, through the valve train, drains back down, just circulates fresh oil which is super helpful on startups, especially in the lifters that have been collapsed for who knows how long. Put that together. Then put the distributor back in. Make sure your shit lines up like it's supposed to. Put the rotor back on. Put the cap back on. It's amazing how many times you put the cap on and forget to put the rotor on. Um, So make sure you got that stuff. Snap the cap down. And this is if it has points. If it has gold box, you're kind of... Like, there's nothing you can do, really, except clean up the cap and rotor. Um, you got good fuel in the tank. Make sure you have a fresh battery. That's important. And then, you can either use a starter button that attaches to the solenoid of the starter. You know, one side clips the the battery lug, the other side clips to the S-terminal. Or, if you have the key and you're brave, then you just hit the ignition switch and sometimes we'll even shoot a little like we'll dribble a little gas out of a bottle or something into the um intake immediately so that if it does start it starts right up and starts pulling the fuel right out of the can right out of the um gas can or whatever but uh or you just crank on it until it it gets enough gas up to the to the float bowl a lot of times the floats are stuck in those old carbs you know if it, even though it doesn't look like it you know came out of the ocean it might just be really dirty sometimes they are full of shit and the floats will stick and you know you got to um got to um you know be mindful of that because what will happen is the float will stick down because it's out of gas and um it'll just start overflowing out of the vent and that creates a new kind of drama um it doesn't normally catch on fire but people freak out when there's gas pouring everywhere and it's a valid concern but um that's what i would watch for um watch for that float sticking and and fuel coming out of the vent but uh but we, we, have, we tend to start them off of a bottle, a little water bottle that we just poke a hole in the cap and then squirt it down, make it pretend like it's a secondary jet. But uh, then normally crank on it. And if your stuff's clean and everything's turning like it should and the gas is decent, it should start. It might not run great. It might pop and sputter and backfire a little bit or do something weird, but it should start. Um, if that's the case then from there, you just go ahead with the full tune-up and and all that. Um, You know, so to go that route. That's the initial stuff. Once it starts, don't let it run for a long time because you don't know what kind of... um, um, You know, if it's got coolant in it or what. I mean, you might look in and see some rusty water or something, um, but um you gotta just don't run it for a long time you just don't know what's going on especially with the gear train farther down if it's an automatic you know if it's low on fluid it's not good for it to run like that um you know manual is a little different but uh you know that's the initial steps i would take to getting them running um make sure like i say good battery decent gas don't run it off the fuel tank. I don't care what the old man says or whoever says, oh, it's been in a garage for 30 years. There can't be anything in that tank. No, the thing is the tank is full of fucking orange juice because the gas has just turned to shit. Uh, so don't trust whatever anybody says. Just run it off a can initially, um, and you'll, you'll thank me later. Um, then the next steps are if you want to start driving it, is check all the fluids. Uh, change the trans, change the transfer case if it has it, um, grease the U-joints, check the steering stuff, grease them, rear-end fluid. I don't know how many times I've seen that happen where people don't check the rear diff and they don't realize that when it's sitting in the barn or sitting under out in a field under a tree, they might see a little black spot under the rear end where they go, huh, the rear end must have leaked a little bit. No, it's been sitting long enough. That has leaked out all of the oil. But you can't tell because it happened over 30 years and it's just a little black spot. I've seen guys pull them out, do stuff to the engine and trans and get them running, get them working. And then they take it on its first drive longer than a couple of blocks and blow the rear end up. Because there was no oil in it. And they didn't think to look in it. So, definitely verify that the rear end is filled up with 90 weight uh, or 7590 or whatever you want to run in there. Um, you can run GL5 in the rear end. Doesn't, there's no brass or soft metals in there. Um, so, yeah, um, that's something really important to think about. But, yeah, grease the U joints, grease the steering stuff, um, brake fluid, that's a big one. Pop the master cylinder cap, fill it up, because they'll always be dry. The master cylinders always, if they're not dry, they're full of rusty shit. So you might not have any brakes. That's the other big thing that deteriorates from sitting for a long time is brakes. So, um, you know, be careful and be mindful of that when you go to take it on your first drive. You know, and then, of course... Other stuff like, um, just check the tires. Make sure they got air. If they're super shitty and dry rotted, don't drive it for very far. Like, that's pretty obvious shit, but you'd be surprised how many people blow out on their first drives because they didn't pay attention, you know. Um, But brakes, I'd say brakes are the second biggest thing behind behind the engine stuff just because you need them. You don't want to get your truck running and careen through the back of the barn or off the neighbor's fence posts or mailbox or whatever. So... Um, but as far as yeah,' getting old projects running that have been sitting for hundreds of years, that's my suggestion. Go through the motor first, fresh fuel, ignition stuff is on point, um, put fresh oil in it. Don't don't start it on that old oil. You don't know how much water is in there, how much gas is leaked in from the carb, any of that stuff. You know, five, six quarts of oil. And a quarter ATF, not that expensive. You don't have to change the filter. I'm not saying change the filter. I'm just saying put good oil in it because you're going to do the drill trick, or you should do the drill trick, to get the, all that good oil up to the top of the motor and, and that sort of stuff. So um, that uh, that's my that's my tips for that. I'm sure somebody's going to let me know when I don't when I miss something, but uh, I'm going to hang it up today. Uh, I know it was a super short one. I'm sorry, but it's. It's your guys' a Saturday. It's before the holiday. Um, I'll burn out a, a better one. Uh, or Sorry, not better. They're all great. Fuck you. They <laughs> I will burn out a, another one for Monday um, so that you guys can enjoy it on your Christmas Eve. And um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Appreciate all the support and love. And uh, until next time, this is Dan from Binder Boneyard.